Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, You Files, Your Taxes, Your Way. My name is Ida Chelli. I'm your co-host today. And uh, with joining me today is Jerry Viraratis. How are you, Jerry? I'm pretty good, Ida. How's it going? Good. I'm getting tired. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're at the end. Huh? I mean, we've got what, about two weeks left. Uh, I think uh, this tax season has, beat, has beaten us up nicely as far as, uh, you know, there was a lot of changes this year that, that came about. Uh, if you, For all of you, you could see our podcast on uh, the tax changes. You'll see what we, what we mean uh, in that case. But you know what? There's light at the end of the tunnel. We're almost there. We're almost done. So what are we going to talk about today? Today, it's an interesting topic. Topic. It's the five overlooked uh, tax deductions or credits and yeah. credits. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's a that's a great topic because uh, what we're the, the five we're going to present today are you know measures that a lot of people are either not aware of or they simply just neglect. They just don't go into them, and unfortunately, you know they're you know uh, people are leaving a lot of money on the table by not knowing or looking at these these five measures. All right. Okay, uh, we will start with the moving expenses. Yes, so moving expenses is really the first one in my book, uh, because unfortunately a lot of people are not are, are usually not aware of the fact that they could actually claim expenses uh, incurred for moving from one place to another as long as the reason for the move is for uh, a new, what the government will call a new work location, or you're moving in order to pursue your post-secondary education, uh, meaning you're going to you know you're moving in order to get closer to your university, uh, a college, or a professional school. Uh, so that's what these move expenses are. So basically, you can claim your uh, travel expenses, getting to this either new work location, so you're either changing jobs or your job has changed office uh, and you're going to this new uh, work location. And again, or the other reason could be because you want to get closer to the university uh, that you're studying in. So the types of fees that you can claim when it comes to moving expenses, some examples are, for example, vehicle expenses. So you're talking about your fuel costs in this case, if you're moving from one place to the other, uh, your meals, your accommodation, uh, your accommod any accommodation expenses, any hotel fees, for example, the moving trucks as well, those are eligible as well. And also uh, fees that are related to selling your old home and purchasing your new home. Okay, so these are all the types of fees that can be claimed for moving expenses. And, and actually, just to mention to everybody, uh, we do have a great blog article on moving expenses directly on our website, which is on ufile.ca. Okay, so you simply go to our blog page where you, by going to tips and tricks, and then you're going to see ufile blog. And we wrote a, a really detailed article as to what you can claim as far as moving expenses. Now, of course, like anything else, when it comes to these measures, there are conditions. And the condition is there's a minimum amount of travel that you have to do in order to be able to claim those moving expenses, meaning that in order for you to claim these expenses, the move has to get you at least 40 kilometers closer to either your new work location or to your new school, okay, to the university that you're going to be uh, going to in this case. So it has to be at least, it has to get you at least 40 kilometers closer. That's the key right there uh, in order to claim your moving expenses. Okay, let's uh, go to the next topic would be the carry forward amounts. Yes, so carry forward amounts are amounts that you bank. So picture deductions and credits 
uh, that you don't need to claim right away that you can bank and use them in the future. Okay, picture almost like a tax bank that you would have under quotations, of course. It doesn't really exist, but picture like a virtual tax bank of credits and deductions that you simply fill up and then simply, uh, you know, use them, uh, use these, these, this bank of credits and deductions for a future year. Now, usually these carry forward amounts are credits and deductions. They, like I mentioned, you don't need right away. Okay, so some examples of these are, for example, tuition fees. So when you're studying full time and you have tuition fees, uh, you, you use the tuition fees that you need in order to reduce your tax to zero, then if there's if there's any tuition fees left over, these are tuition fees you could carry forward or bank to a future year. Okay, now you could either transfer them to your parent as well, then you don't bank them or you carry them forward to a future year. That's one example of amounts that you can bank. Another example is RSP contributions. Let's take the student again. So let's say you have a student uh, who's working while studying, while, while studying, pursuing their, 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 their post-secondary education. Uh, and they're contributing to their RSP, uh, their RSP account. So these contributions, they don't need necessarily in order to reduce their tax to zero. So those uh, contributions, you could actually carry forward to a future year as well. So you're essentially banking them for a future year. That's another example. And then we have another example, which is the typical example of these carry forwards, which are losses. And losses we mean by capital losses or non-capital losses. And by non-capital losses, we mean uh, either business losses or we mean rental losses in this case. So for these losses as well, you can bank these losses and use them in a future year. So for example, uh, you, you had a capital loss a couple of years ago that you banked and now is within your tax bank of carry forwards. Okay, now this year, all of a sudden, you had a great year in the market in your taxable account. You've got now a capital gain to declare. Well, now you could grab those losses that you had it two years ago and use them again against your current year capital gains. So this is where these carry forward amounts become so precious because these are essentially future tax reductions that the government will give you later on as you use them as you're going along. And then, and again, like I said, you bank these credits and these deductions for future years. Now, where can you see this list of carry forward amounts that you have, there are usually two places. The first one would be on your notice of assessment. So for example, your losses you could see on your notice of assessment and your tuition credits carry forwards you could see on your notice of assessment as well. The other place you can go to, which we have recommended wholeheartedly in these uh, in these uh, podcasts is the my account portal of the CRA okay so within your my account portal of the CRA you can find all these carry forward amounts that you banked uh, within your tax bank let's say that you can use in the future years and now the importance the importance of knowing where to get them and knowing that they exist and that you can use them is because the government will not necessarily apply these carry forward amounts automatically for you okay now for for tuition, they will. Okay, but for uh, but when it comes to your losses, for example, whether it's capital losses or non-capital losses, the government will not apply these losses automatically. So if you have a capital gain in the current year, and you had a loss from the from a couple of years ago, in the example that I gave before, the government is not going to apply that loss against your gains two years down the line. You have to first of all know that you have those losses, and number two, apply them against your capital gains against your capital gains for the current year. So the key is to be aware of them to know them and they can be quite important amounts that you can use that you can use in the future years to reduce your tax bill. All right. Wow.
It's a lot of information. So let's go to retroactive claims. Yes, so, so we spoke about the future. Now we're going to the past. Okay, so that's what we're doing with retroactive claims. And by retroactive claims, we mean, that the, we mean that these are claims where you can go backwards in time and actually claim tax reductions off of your tax return. So the first example of these are the carry back of losses. Let's go back to these losses that we spoke about before. Okay, we, we, I mentioned before that, the, that, that whether it's capital losses or non-capital losses, you can carry them forward to future years. Now, these losses as well, though, you could also carry them back to the past Okay, you carry them back to the past uh, as long as you have gains in those prior years. So let's take an example to understand the concept. Let's take a capital loss. Let's say this year you had a capital loss in your taxable account. Okay, so now, and let's say uh, in the prior years you had capital gains. This, this year, unfortunately, it's a bad year and you had a capital loss. Well, with the carryback of these losses or these retroactive claims on the return, what you can do through a, spe a specific form is you can request to the government that you take the loss that you have in the current year and carry it back to one of the three prior years in which you had capital gains. And then you can reduce your capital gains in the prior year by the capital loss you incurred in the current year. And therefore you're reducing your tax bill in that prior year and the government will refund you the difference. Okay. And that's the beauty of these retroactive claims is that you could always go back. So the moment you, the moment you have great years and you have one really lousy year, you could take that lousy year and actually put it to use and carry back those losses into one or all three of the three prior years in which you had capital gains and you're reducing your tax bill for one of those years. Now, another way you can make retroactive claims is through an adjustment. Okay, so this would be adjusting your tax return in the prior years to make a claim that you either omitted or you forgot. So for example, let's say you had an RSP receipt that all of a sudden turned up. You never, you didn't know about this. You've already filed your tax return for that year. You could actually go back and adjust your previous year in order to claim that RSP deduction that you did not claim in that year. Now, with, with the uh, adjustments, you could go up to 10 years back. That's the beauty of it. Okay, so you can actually correct your tax returns up to 10 years back and again, ask for reductions in those years and, and have the government refund you, uh, refund you those uh, reductions in tax. Okay, now the, the quickest and easiest way to do, you guessed it, what would it be? What would it be, Ida? My account. Yeah, my account with a CRA. That's actually the quickest way of doing these kind of adjustments. Again, you create your online portal, and then there is an option within my account to adjust your tax return. And what once you're in that adjustment, it will give you a column of, for, for for that previous year and a column for the current year, and then uh, and, and that, sorry, a column of what you declared in that previous year and a column of what you want to declare with the adjustment. And then you make the change. It's easy as pie. It's child play. You do it. You claim the adjustment, and then now retroactively, you're claiming a tax reduction for your previous tax return. And like I said, you could go up to 10 years back. So really important to be aware of that, that it's never too late, okay? Even if this was a three-year-old return, a four-year-old return, if you all of a sudden discover a new receipt that you didn't claim, a new, you know, an RSP contribution you never claimed by accident, you could always go back and make that retroactive adjustment. All right. Uh, let's go to medical expenses. 
Yes. Well so, known, but we forget lots of things. Exactly. So medical expense is not, you know, of course, everybody knows even for even for those of us who who, you know, who are not that well versed in taxes, everybody knows that medical expenses are uh, it can be claimed as for uh, as a tax credit on your tax return. Any expense you have, for example, prescription drugs uh, or, for example, when you do, a, you know, a, a scan, a, an ultrasound, for example, CT scan, et cetera. All these are eligible as medical expenses. The reason we bring this up in this this topic is because there are a lot of medical expenses. There's a lot that is eligible as a medical expense and it really pays to go and see, you know, what the government considers as an eligible medical expense because you might be leaving money on the table thinking that, no, there's no way this is eligible, okay, but it actually might be eligible in this case. I'm going to give some examples of medical expenses that you might not be aware of, okay, uh, that, that can be claimed as medical expenses and these can be found directly on our blog site again. Uh, so, so the topic that we're discussing today is a blog article on our website at ufile.ca. Again, you go to tips and tricks and then you go to ufile blog and all everything that I mentioned today, including the links to my account uh, and all this information is found directly on, in that blog article. So some other medical expenses you could claim, for example, glut, gluten-free food. So if you are a person that has been diagnosed with celiac disease, okay, and you are uh, now buying at the grocery store uh, uh, gluten-free foods, well, the price difference between, uh, you know, uh, uh, non, uh, what's called gluten-free foods and regular food in this case can be claimed as a medical expense. So you should be, for, so the, those of you who have been diagnosed with celiac disease, you can, you should start archiving those receipts now that you go to the grocery store for that specialized food that you're buying because the price difference between the specialized food and the non-specialized food is eligible as a medical expense. That's one example. Other example, travel expenses. So if you had to travel at least 40 kilometers to get medical services, to get medical services, your travel expenses are eligible in this case. So that would be public transportation, for example, that you pay to, uh, to uh, you know, receive receive the medical services that is eligible as well renovation or construction expenses so if you made the house more amenable to somebody who is disabled for example okay so uh, more amenable those renovation expenses are also eligible for medical expenses as well okay other example pre your pre the premiums you paid for your health insurance let's say you are covered under private insurance with your employer Okay. Uh, anything you paid out of pocket to have that private insurance is eligible as a medical expense. Now, most employers will indicate that premium in box 85 of the T4, or, uh, and if you're in Quebec, it'll be box 235 of the relevant one. Unfortunately, not every employer does this. Okay. So if you notice that you don't have these box numbers on your slips, on your T4 slip, and you do pay uh, premiums to your health insurance, then it really pays to go to your last pay stub and to look at the cumulative amount that you paid for health insurance. That cumulative amount is eligible as a medical expense. Okay. That's another example. Other example is medical services or fees that you paid to consult with medical practitioners. If you have, if you went to a, cer a certified medical practitioner, okay. Uh, and they, they charged you consulting fees. Those fees are also eligible as a medical expense. So really pays to look and see which of these expenses are eligible because there are a lot. Okay. And you could find yourself with an expense uh, that you can claim that you didn't think you would before. Now, again, in our blog article on ufile.ca, we provide a link 
to the medical guide of the CRA website that provides you with all of the eligible medical expenses that you can claim on your tax return. So go ahead on our website, click on the link and go consult and see whether you can claim more medical expenses than you thought. All right. So last but not least, but also very important one is the disability tax credit. Yes, and that's a big one, disability tax credit. So if, uh, so if again, um, uh, if you have a condition, okay, that uh, that essentially uh, impedes your day-to-day activities or your day-to-day functions in this case, you might be eligible for the disability tax credit. Okay, and disability tax credit is a non-refundable tax credit on the return, which is quite substantive actually on the return uh, if you are eligible for it. Again on our blog article related to this topic, which we'll produce the link in the description for those of you who are watching us on YouTube. We're gonna have it in the description of the YouTube page for those of us, for those of you listening to us through uh, a podcast provider, uh, we're gonna put it in the description of the podcast. We'll provide you a link directly uh, to our um, uh, to our blog article, which provides links. We provide a link to the disability tax credit, which will explain from A to Z uh, whether your condition would be eligible at, for the disability tax credit. Once you deem once you read the uh, once you read the site and you deem that yeah it looks like you're likely eligible in this case you need to get it you need to get your condition certified as a disability by a medical practitioner by a certified medical practitioner so so there is a form that you need to produce okay a certificate form which the website will explain okay and uh, through that certificate form your medical practitioner will sign off indicating that you are disabled as per the rules uh, within the income tax act then you grab that certificate and you submit it to the CRA and then the CRA has to approve your claim. Now, once the CRA has approved your claim, now you are eligible to claim this tax credit, which reduces your, 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 which reduces your tax directly. Okay. Now the key also with a disability tax credit is that, and again, related to the other topic that we spoke about before, you can retroactively claim that credit as well. So if, for example, the medical practitioner certifies that you've had this condition for several years, not just the current year where you're, where, where you're submitting, where you're creating that form, uh, then you can actually go make an adjustment of your previous year's returns and claim disability tax credit for those prior years as well. You do it through the same process that we spoke about before in the retroactive claim. Uh, section of this uh, podcast, which is you go to my account from the uh, on the CRA and make the claim for disability for those prior years. Because like, again, the medical practitioner could certify that you've had this condition for several years. Example, they could certify that you've had this condition that that is a disability since 2020, which means that you can claim for 2020, 2021, the disability tax credit, even though you've already submitted those returns. Because again, you could go back and adjust those previous years. So make sure, read through, if you have one of these conditions you that, that does impede your day-to-day functions, your day-to-day activities, go ahead on our website and ufile.ca on our blog article, which we'll post the, the link in the description and make sure to see whether you are eligible and do the process with your doctor, with your medical practitioner uh, in order to, uh, uh, you know, uh, start the process of making the claim for that credit. Very good topics we had today. So this covers the five uh, ones that are mostly missed. So uh, anything else you want to add uh, before we sign off? 
Yeah, sure. So just to mention again, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these topics that we discuss, again, including this topic, is found on our website directly on ufile.ca. So yeah, all you have to do is simply go again, ufile.ca, click on the tips and tricks, click on uh, the ufile blog article, and then from there you will find not just uh, an article about uh, about this blog specifically, but also about other tax topics as well. For example, we spoke about moving expenses and carry forwards in this uh, podcast. Well, we have actually two dedicated blogs just purely on these topics, okay, which will explain from A to Z what these topics are, you know, what can you claim exactly for moving expenses and what are carry forward amounts and why are they so important uh, for your tax return, uh, for optimizing uh, your tax return. The other thing uh, to mention as well is, again, I keep going back on this, uh, you know, honestly, the CRA should pay me a commission uh, for every one of these uh, podcasts that I do. Uh, I can't stress enough to all of you who are listening to us, who are watching us, to sign up to my account to the my account portal with the CRA. It is a great resource, a great tax resource for all of you in order to be more efficient and more effective with your tax returns. I mentioned before about the carry forward amounts. You can find them directly uh, in my account. I mentioned as well about the retroactive claims, the adjusting of the previous years. Again, you do this directly into my account. So it's a no brainer to create the account. It is child's play to create it. Go ahead, do it today. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. This concludes the podcast for today. So uh, we'll talk again in a couple of days. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you, everybody. Take thank care. Thank you. Bye-bye.